This is the Territory Story Podcast with Leon Logan-Nathan and Peter Gowers. Thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition, aka Weekends with Walshie. I'm Peter Gowers and I'm in charge of this thing until this guy comes in. Hello, Leon. <laughs> Yes, uh, and um, congratulations on that Truman Show introduction. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> I like to mix it up for you. <laughs> well, mate, another week. Uh, we've got a few stories on. There's a bit going on, isn't um, there? I'm very, very interested in at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, really, that's the last one? Um, no, no, no. We sort, of, we sort of work it up to a crescendo and then we sort of we come try. off with your – Jokey ones at the end. <laughs> well, they're serious, but a little lighter, because sometimes we get down in the mire. Anyway, let's get the guest on of the evening, Chris Walsh from the NT Independent Online Newspaper. Walshy, hello. Hey, guys. Good to you, see you. you you're, like, you're like Heather Locklear, you know, Chris. You remember when Melrose Place was on? Like for years and years, Heather Locklear was special guest. Ah, yes, (laughs) that's right. She was too. (laughs) And that's you. (laughs) That that would have been in a contract too. (laughs) Absolutely. I never understood that. It would have been written into a contract. That she's a special guest. A special guest is usually a person that's on for like one or two episodes, isn't it? Well, yes, but I can tell you when, um, whenever there's a big movie or a big TV show, there is negotiation done as to who goes first. And you'll often see in a big, big movie where they'll have one of the big stars, a couple of others, and then it'll be and also starring and the next big star. Mm. So an example might be um, what's the Clooney and... Um, George. The, were they, they Oceans. Oceans. Yeah, the Oceans movie. Oh. I haven't watched them specifically, but I bet you if you watch those intro titles, mm. it'll be like that to fit all the big names in. Well, I wonder who's been negotiating on my part then because we'll have to, it's now the end of the year, we'll have to get into negotiations with guys <laughs> of whose name's coming where and who's being introduced first. There's no problems <laughs> with that. If you've got $1, yeah. then you're That's likely to get headlines. <laughs> <laughs> People right. to donate, chip in. <laughs> <laughs> Go fund me for it. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, we want to kick it off with the big story of the week, which is the Catherine lockdown, which may, yeah. by the time this comes out, po- po- possibly a, a lockout. Um, I'm just trying to think this time last week when we were on the podcast, the lockdown had already happened. Thing, yeah. And um, we were blaming that 21-year-old girl. That's right. that had, we, uh, we had just found out that it was... Flown her. around the country and lied on the, her form. Um, the hooker, not that well, there's anything yeah. wrong with that sort of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> She's really spread it around. <laughs> anyway, wow. yeah. um, so that... And can you just connect the dots? How did that end up in Catherine? She, she didn't go to Catherine, no, did she? Well, remember, she, so the first guy that they found back in the, was like early November was, and then we went to lock out yeah. and Catherine went to lock down. That first guy was from Catherine. He, he, he somehow stayed. It was really bizarre because he was from yeah. Tyndall, Tyndall, one of these mystery X-File Tyndall cases. <laughs> Another and, one. Yeah, and he had, remember the other guy who yeah, didn't. Yeah. Give yeah. it to anybody, but was infectious all over the place, yes. and nobody got it. And then we had another Tyndall guy in early November, and so he had it, but he had like a share house here, 
in Darwin, yeah. but also one in Catherine. Yeah, yeah. And somehow he got mixed up with this woman who we don't know what she does for a living. <laughs> and the chief minister said she's a prostitute. Right. We don't know. She's denied and said she was angry because her feelings were hurt. <laughs> but we now know that, well, you know, and then she became, they found that she's the one who brought her from, from Cairns when she came in. And she had been in Melbourne to visit her father and she yeah. didn't tell people. And her father was dying of cancer, she said. But she decided, hey, let's go party. That's right. We yeah, saw yeah, a di- yeah. dad yeah. dying. We're going to go party now. Yeah. So uh, she came up here, she partied. Um, I think that there was like a lot of information at that time. I remember I was telling you guys, the reason that we thought it was important to report that aspect of that, what Gunnar said about her was because we think that they're withholding a lot of information from the public about this. And that in a lot of cases, we've gotten lucky here. And I think that's what we're seeing now in Benjari and Catherine and and Robinson River is a lot of luck because this thing should be a lot worse by now than you would think. So, what happened there though was so she was the woman who who brought it in and then this guy Catherine had it now somehow it was something like nine days where we didn't have a case we came out of the lock lockout they kept them in lockdown and remember that started getting weird it's like well why are people in Catherine still having to wear their masks and all of this for this long and they're not saying anything about it again they're withholding information and then nine days after the fact i think they may have just come out of of lockdown and then they were thrown back into it because then all these cases now there was a guy who who caught it in Catherine from one of those two people um and then he and a woman went to robinson river and there you go that was the spark that's all you needed for a real catastrophe to happen that was after the 14 hour drinking binge wasn't it yeah something like that yeah and then an hour and a half at the service station just (laughs) sober up or something and then eight (laughs) hours into the night uh yeah it was really bizarre but you know, to, to date, the, the fact that, you know, th- this being Thursday night, the chief minister came out this morning saying there was only one new case, and that was already from somebody who was uh, determined to be a close contact. So we're up to, like, what was it, 50, 53, 52 cases now yeah. out of this one? And the, before, I mean, we only had four with the guy and, yes. his, and his lady caller. Uh, or is he the gentleman caller in that? I don't know how it yeah, works. Who's know. turning tricks here? I think here? they're I just called the John, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I believe. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so from that one, though, but then that's what happened. Then it spread into the this remote community, and then we're thinking, oh, God, what's going to happen? It's going to be yeah. a worst-case scenario. And we know that last year they flew the body bags out to remote communities just ready for something like this. Mm. So far, I mean, my God, we've been so lucky that no, no, no. I mean, I think you had a couple people in the hospital yeah. here, but there's been but no Nobody deaths on ventilators and, yet. Yeah, either. nobody on ventilators. Yeah. So it's been remarkable and again i don't know what's doing that but sure shit ain't gonna like you know like it's yeah. the fact that this hasn't really taken hold and and spread like that or maybe they're not telling us everything that's just the surprising and i think that's i don't know what that is anymore is it yeah, can we even yeah. say it's luck anymore i mean it's well, gotta be something here that it's not truthful, spreading then i was actually thinking about this the last couple of days thinking well are we underestimating the uh the health Mm. Of the people in the communities. Because we were basically told if it gets in, guaranteed carnage. Mm -hmm. Well, every day I wake up and I'm pleased to see everyone's, you know, they've got it, but they're okay. And they're at your uh, Howard Springs Hilton. Not to be known. I noticed it's now known as uh, an acronym. 
Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, the oh, yeah. NRs, yeah. the National yeah, Resilience drop that thing, down. Yeah, yeah, NRC yeah, or something. What's going on yeah, here? Yeah, that's a bunch of crap. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, so maybe it's something, though. I mean, you know, you just read things online that maybe it's weakening. You know, where was it that they were saying that they've really, the Delta strain ha- is weakening? And yep. dying off. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a health professional here, but I know we're taking this pretty serious and to the point where, you know, they've got these lockdowns and stuff, but you've got these stories going around now in the States and stuff about how, um, like I was just reading one today, honestly, I was looking for something for another story that I'm working on a political story. And it came up about Catherine and, uh, and Gunner. And it was saying the stuff that uh, it's all happening. Now the aboriginals in Australia are being uh, threatened at gunpoint by the military and taking into it, taken to an internment camp, a COVID death camp. <laughs> they actually called it a COVID death camp. <laughs> Doesn't someone have to die for it? To be a death <laughs> yeah. And well, somebody did die there this week, but it was non-COVID yeah. related. Yeah, yeah. Or so we're led to believe at this point, anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. So, but this stuff's just going crazy. I mean, of course, the, the the ADF personnel are there because you know they're there anyway in the gathering area, so they're helping out and they're delivering food to these people here. We're told so, where's this come from, right? Because someone yeah, told me about this today, and I'm like, okay. So the the rumor is that. Uh, the military are currently in the communities and Indigenous people in the communities are being forced at gunpoint to be vaccinated. That's the rumour. <laughs> oh, that was that so one. So where's but this now come from? Yeah, now it's changed to become that they're at gunpoint taken to the death camp. Um, wow. where According to the chief minister, it's floggers from Florida. Right, <laughs> 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 That's right. Oh, okay. Floggers from Fannie Bay. And how are they getting the information out of the Northern Territory in downtown Miami? Yeah, 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 yeah. With their tin hats in their parents' basements. Yeah, well, this stuff's just getting shared around and stuff's taken out of context. And we know what's going on here, but um, yeah, and to date, we've been been lucky that this hasn't spread. Well, there is a silver lining to all of this, of course, and that is um, from what we're reading. A lot of the Indigenous communities are now very keen to get vaccinated. Right. So uh, I believe that Binjari might possibly be even 100 yeah, I think or close 100 to. Now, yeah. You know, like how many people there? Three hundred and some, no in okay. Binjari. No, sorry, I'm not sure of the population there. I was thinking Robinson River. I think oh, Robinson okay. River's up there too, though. Didn't they? Yeah, they're pretty well, high too, pretty close to 100. Yeah. Miles so that's what t- that's what it takes. It takes somebody to have COVID, walk into a community, spread it around, and then all of a sudden everybody's lining up to get vaccinated. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, right. But then you've still got some jokers who aren't, right? Mm. <laughs> who are floating it. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I tell you what, uh, there is another issue that I'm, I must admit I don't understand this. Um, I'm looking forward to actually getting on a plane for the first time in about 18 months next month uh, uh, to go to Perth. And what do I see when I get on the website um, in WA? The whole of the Northern Territory is now classified as, uh, I can't remember what it is, um, it's like low risk or something, yeah. but risky enough that if you travel to Perth, notwithstanding that you're not from Catherine, have nothing to do with Catherine hmm. or any of those two remote communities, you got to f- quarantine for 14 days. 14. Wow. Yeah. How long's your trip for? Three weeks. Yeah. Oh, well, seven <laughs> days out in the open is right. pretty good. So rock up on the twenty third of December and quarantine for fourteen days. It's just <laughs> but I, 
Yeah, and you can do that wherever, though, on your own. Shooter McGowan doesn't muck around, Leon. He's got it locked down. He's in control of the free world. I heard the other day he had a chainsaw and he was trying to cut down the line of the borders as well, (laughs) trying to see if he can float WA off to the side of it. I'm not sure the rest of WA want to go with him, though. (laughs) Find out about that. So, yeah, I mean, all this from a lady who decided to lie on her form. How about that? uh, But surely to God, somebody would have gone, well, hang on, where's this person been the last two weeks? If you just looked at where she'd been on her trip, that would raise a million alarm bells. Yeah, she'd been all over the place driving around. I don't know what she disclosed. It clearly looked like she was trying to avoid something. I I think that there are issues with that, and we'll get into that later, I think, about those declarations, though, and how well they're being documented. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Well, I can tell you firsthand, having been through the airport just a few months ago, It's it's pretty loose. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And so, you know, but but and getting back to Leon's point there about that with Perth, we don't know. I know we haven't been to Catherine. You haven't been to Catherine. But Gunner's kind of keeping the door open for this, isn't he? By this whole yeah. idea that, oh, maybe some people came up, and that's what a lot of people are saying now. The rumor's going around that the people, I mean, we had this woman. Right, who caught a taxi. So she had left Benjari and went to, this was across a river or something. I don't know. She went to a some sort of caravan park and called a taxi and said, hey, I want to go into Catherine. And she was infected and infected other people while she was there. Yeah. Um, I guess there were four of them. Um, so she was in Binjari. Now I'm picturing yeah. Binjari, like you know, it's close. You to know, m- most other um, you know Aboriginal communities, not not really big. Yeah. How is it possible that somebody could get out of there without the police noticing? Yeah, yeah. Don't know how they're running that whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. So somehow she she it's was like able a ninja to- or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a taxi. It's fine. Let him through. Yeah, that's what I thought that it was just the taxi right there. Now, to be fair, she did sneak out, so I guess on foot. Maybe she has military training and she was on her. <laughs> or a pair of thongs. <laughs> yeah, like a homemade mate. from the SA border. Yeah, he's yeah. coming up in a story. That's how they knew she was gone. They found her thongs. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened to her? Um, and so, yeah, so she sneaks out, gets a taxi, and then goes into Catherine. Uh, I guess she uh, said she didn't know she was infectious at the time. But, uh, of course, she was. And uh, three people uh, who left with her, and there were seven others at the location. And I guess all of those, um, well, uh, yeah, were being tested and getting put in quarantine. Yeah. Or the death camp, as they go. Looking at these numbers, I, I constantly feel sorry for these kids that are getting infected because mm. clearly they're part of it. I mean, one of them was like... Six Two, months old or something. Yeah, it was a younger, yeah. They're part of a family unit and they're, you know, just being kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess some of the adults potentially don't know they're infected, but mm-hmm. I, I hope like hell they don't and they're not, you know, still mingling with other people. Yeah. Well, that's it. And we just don't know really. I mean, if, if they can and if, it, if four people can sneak out of uh, this community that's in lockdown and that you would think, yeah. you know, we're told police are there and military officials too. So if that it's can happen. It's not what you call a hard border, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what's to say they're not, that, that someone isn't coming up here or running around? Who knows? But look, it, that's, it's that, just that's it's leaving the worry. it open. Yeah. That's the worry. Because if you open. can get from Catherine to Robinson River yeah. after a, what was it, a corona... 
Cruise? What's it called? <laughs> the pub crawl? Then? The pub crawl. So Corona crawl. Corona crawl, yeah. And you can get from there to there. Mm. It, it's not a far cry just to head up the road to Darwin. Mm. So I felt a bit sorry for those in Alice who were also wearing masks for a time there. Yeah. But Darwin's, you know, that that's an achievable destination, isn't it? Yeah. And there were so many stories being told and going around. Now, whether or not those were true or not, I mean, we don't publish anything till we can verify it, like I told you guys before. But there were a lot of stories about, yeah, people going to different communities from around there. And that's why Alice had to do it, that there were people yeah, right. who would come down to Alice. Um, but nothing happened again. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how we can continue to get this lucky. I mean, there's got to be something else that explains this than just yeah. dumb luck. So, I don't know. Well, I don't they've know. been around for 60,000 years, Chris. So yeah. Obviously, they've survived other things in the past. Maybe we're under underestimating their, their health situation. Well, it's a whole, you know, thing that Gunner's done here. But this is all, like I said last week, all part of the performance and all part of the soap opera. And now the door is open for... Say something bad happens politically next week. I mean, is he going to close sittings? Well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm waiting for the imminent resignation because <laughs> who is? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he kept Christmas the place time. safe. He he was fighting COVID on his own. Yeah, and well, uh, now that it's here, drop the ball. So yeah. wouldn't that be an automatic resignation? <laughs> hand over the. Maybe just hand over the whole government to the opposition hey, and give them a shot. It's not the horse's fault, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> That's true. I don't blame the equine community at all. That's a good quote he should be remembered for. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Liam. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> all right, well, another one of your favourites, Chris. Uh, the, uh, the commandant, the police commissioner... <laughs> Is still waiting for analysis. <laughs> the controller. Chemical allegedly thrown at police by protesters. What's going on there? The uh, I, I don't know. Are the this. clinics backed up <laughs> testing the chemicals? <laughs> yes. Yes, that must be it. Uh, yeah, look, this was bizarre. You remember a few weeks ago that there were claims of... So this was the big one, the big uh, freedom rally that they were having where they're going to march in, but we were in lockout at the time. Yep. And... Uh, so there was a uh, a confrontation, I guess you'd say, between these yep. marchers and uh, and the police who had set up that block, saying, "You're not coming into the city. We're not going to provide safe passage," as Gunner would say. <laughs> um, Sounds like something out of um, Robin of Luxley, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's going on about this week, anyway. So. So they set up the roadblock there at East Point, Goiter, Goiter Roads, intersection of Fanny Bay. Uh, so a scuffle ensues. There's a lot of video. I'm sure people have seen it if they were interested. I, I don't think I've seen it. I wasn't that interested. But um, there were allegations made after that. Now, you had people who were arrested. Uh, I believe it was. Uh, and there were seven people had been arrested at the scene and charged with offenses, including aggravated assault, assault on police, riotous behavior, and failing to abide by the chief health officer's directions. Mm -hmm. uh, another two men uh, on the Saturday evening turned themselves in at the police station, also faced charges. So... What was being alleged then around that time? I think Chalker came out on the Monday and said that we've got officers who've been burned. They've been burned right. with a chemical of some sort, and we're trying to figure mm -hmm. out what this is. Yep. 
Well, you know, that's that's pretty serious. I mean, if these guys, sure you know, you see children out there in these marches yeah, yeah. and stuff, but if somebody's that's got... That's right. Yeah, I don't, look, I don't know who's showing up bringing their kids oh, for these oh, kind of things. Where I literally couldn't believe it. Yeah. It so, stunned me. To think that they would that someone in that group would have some sort of chemical... Anthrax. Some, yeah, an agent, like a chemical yeah. agent that's going to burn yeah, yeah. the way that Chalker describes this. And um, well, baking soda burns too. Yeah, well, and and here's the thing, and this is when this confrontation ensued was the, they pulled out the pepper spray, the capsicum spray. Oh, right. And uh, maybe, maybe because of the lack of training, it was back to front. They sprayed themselves. Well, this is this is one theory that's been posited. <laughs> Windy day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, no scientists, I don't think, have come forward yet to say that. But I think uh, <laughs> I think anyone who was yeah. there who saw that video would, would probably think that now. Uh, David Wood did that story up first, so he talked to one of the organizers here, and they were saying, look, um, we asked around, nobody had any chemicals. They're saying, if you're going to do that, uh, Chalker said this, you know, he had to send it off for testing to find out what this magic potion was that they yeah. threw at them. And, uh, it, and then the, the organizer said, well, it'll come back as H2O. Uh, might be chlorine or fluoride in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, it, it gets really weird now. Hydrogen, yeah, oxygen, chlorine, and fluoride. <laughs> 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 um, it, it, it's hard to say, like how this got to this place. Like, what, why Chalker came out and, and said this, but he had come out and he said, and he and he was, you know, doing his tough guy routine to the individuals that threw liquid at the police officers. We're coming for you. We'll forensically analyze, analyze what that liquid was. The members who were affected felt it was particularly hot and that it also had a bitter taste. It entered the mouths of a number of our officers and had an immediate effect of burning. Wow. Um, so this burning sensation from the Mysterio Chemicals, the police association also came out on that. So they've made these things. Now, I don't know if anybody's been charged with this. I guess they're still waiting to charge yeah, them for yeah. this analysis to come back. But here's the thing. This goes on for weeks. And so the NT News reported it, and they did the thing with Chalkers saying, oh, yeah, no, it was a chemical, and they're going after my guys and girls, yep. and they're, they're terrible what they've done here. So they send it for forensic testing. Now, some some reporter, I don't know who did it the other day, said, hey, uh, by the way, police commissioner, did you get the results of that back? Yeah. And he said, uh, 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 no, uh, they've sent it for further forensic analysis. I'm still waiting for the update on that, he said. But my understanding is the initial analysis required further testing, and that's why it's been extended in the period of in the mm. period of time. That's how he talks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they've taken the uh, the position <laughs> that uh, you know he's Jesus. Um. Anyway, how um, long does it take to analyze? This is like well, going if on it was a serious chemical, they're not going to take weeks. Yeah. Surely to God. Yeah. Well, it's going to take days. Any chemistry Tops. student could analyze could, it in like yeah. a couple of hours. Yeah. It's probably someone's there, taken a traveler. They've got a bottle of water. Yeah. They've dropped some gin in there or something just to keep them entertained for the day. And that's probably what it is. Yeah, it's mixed with sweat and and pepper spray. Yeah, and it's going to it's going to taste sweat and water taste crap anyway. Yeah. So. You know, there's a place you've, just... You've drunk a lot of things in your life, I think, don't you? <laughs> well, you've got to try you things when you're You know what, you know what does sweat and water taste like by carb soda? I've been to, I've been to concerts. <laughs> by <Right>. carb soda. <laughs> That's a good mixing agent, by carb soda. Well, you know, uh, Chalker Especially and I... Especially when you're cooking. 
Chalker and I don't talk, but uh, if we did, I'd tell him about a place that I used when I was getting the anti-beverages water tested. <laughs> and it's just out at East Arm. <laughs> it's really not far. And <laughs> you can take it there, and they yeah, add it back to me in a same day. day or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. two days tops. Um, which also, by the way, it's a rapid testing unit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that water was found to just be as good as Palmerston tap water right. too, the bottle, <laughs> stuff that's in empty beverages bottles. But um, yeah, but it, it's from the the correct side of Changwa Terrace, though, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, and the reason I wanted to to do this story when it came up in the press conference is that it's never going to come up again. We we can't ask the police questions. I mean, we ask them questions, but they don't respond to us. Mm. And so rare is it for journalists to ask an unauthorized question. As this clearly oh, was, that, right. yeah, I don't know who did so it. Those I think it was are all the pre-approved, are they? No, I don't. Look, I can't say that. We kind of say that sarcastically, but right. nobody. You just listen. It, it doesn't no, seem to go. Yeah, out, nobody's know, right. asking anything that yep. outside of what the, the the people talk and want to talk about. Yeah. So I thought this one was interesting. There was another question somebody asked, and I think it was the AAP guy that got Gunner off this week too, where he just said, you know, is your attitude and your whole language about anti-vaxxers, is that turning people off and getting rid of that vaccine and, and doing more detrimental harm to the vaccination message? And then Gunnar lost his uh, that's what mind it, on, it? Yeah, on that whole rant. Because he seemed to be zeroed in on someone when he was answering, uh, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. But this is another unauthorized question. If they could do more of this, I think it would be excellent because yeah. we're not there. We can't ask them this stuff. So it was important but to surely do surely AAP aren't going to like rock the boat. <laughs> no, no, but they're like they're free press. They're yeah. you know yeah, yeah. they're not going to just kowtow to what the no. government wants. And look, I got to be careful. I don't. I, don't, I honestly don't know. I didn't recognize the voice of the person who did that, so I don't know if it was AAP yeah, or not. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I just think it was it was a good question. Uh, both of them were, and so that's why we had to do the story because I wish we could go back to them and say, okay, when are you going to get yeah. that back? But I, I yeah. can almost guarantee you that no media in town is going to ask them about yeah, this. Yeah, so I yeah. thought, let's get this out here now so people at least realize that. Well, wait a second, what he was alleging? Yeah, you know, there's some serious doubts over that Correct. if you can't get it tested in that time. So we'll see where that goes from there, and if the charges, yeah, and and that goes to court, we'll see what yeah. happens. And just before someone complains. I wasn't judging people at not being able to use the pepper spray. I was making a joke. Yeah, of course. Based on the lack of training we're <laughs> told is happening. So yeah, that, please that don't was, take it personally, anyone. Uh, it's a valid point because somebody said that when that happened on Facebook and they said, look, these are highly skilled I, and trained police officers. Yeah. They know how to use the, the, the capsicum spray. And I was thinking, well, we did do the story about how the training college has <laughs> yeah, got yeah, some yeah, serious yeah. shortcomings. That and I know how to, to use addressed. a tin of Rexona as well, but I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't get it wrong a couple of times. So you they, know. Don't, they don't know how to use tire spikes remember when we were talking <laughs> about that i was just thinking that they don't know how to spikes. use them they just don't know which car it is i gotta i gotta share this with you guys we, i gotta share they they actually came out and commented on that story from last week when wow. we were talking about that yeah so they came up but they went to the nt news they didn't respond to us so the police yeah. went to the nt news i i don't have the story here we actually shared it on facebook because it was so ludicrous <laughs> ridiculous but the police actually claimed that yeah okay we got the wrong car that night but the car we got they were criminals too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, were, yes. they were doing bad stuff. And we didn't take them off the road. I, I did. I did read that somewhere. Yeah. Oh so. my Jesus! I couldn't believe so it. Like, and they put exclusive on it, and they say police it's say it's a good that, result either way. <laughs> I mean, and then you're in Alice. At what point? At what time of night? I mean, everybody's yeah. probably a criminal out on the street <laughs> after midnight driving in the car. It's so the odds. Certain rides at certain times. Oh, yeah. 
Lock them all up. <laughs> the odds were in their favor, I think. Um, Didn't they have to cut the guy out of the car or something? Or was it the, the, the yeah. car? The, the, whatever, the spikes. Yeah, they, they had to then extricate him from the car. He had to go to hospital. He but then they're saying they hit a tree that, or something, didn't they? Yeah, but yeah. then they're saying, no, nah, he's a criminal, though, It's all too, good. So we got it's him. Fine. Nothing to see <laughs> we got him. He was we a got crimp. <laughs> we didn't get the guy we wanted to get, but yeah. we got a guy. We got a guy. <laughs> not the guy, but he, he was the guy, but not the guy we were looking for. And these time. idiots, these idiots at the at the newspaper who get told this story, they don't even follow that up. Well, what happened to the first guy? <laughs> but here's the worst part about the whole thing and why we're just suffering here with just bad journalism these days. Um, the whole issue really to that story went to the fact that there were two probationary officers allowed to work together yes. um, and do an operation like this because of the lack of, of, of seasoned people there, of right. experienced police who can train and mentor these kids when they get out of their poor training at the college. Yeah. Um, we hope that they get trained better on the job, kind of, by cops who have been there a long time. And that's just not happening. And that, yeah. that whole story went to that point that, that you know, when when do we get back to that? That's what they were saying is that we're in such disarray down here yeah. that we're throwing these two kids out yeah. to do something. They're screwing things up. And that goes back to management. That goes back to leadership. And that's an issue that they are not going to fix anytime soon. No. Anyway. Well, mate, uh, on the subject of uh, well, people getting paid, um, unions hit out at Gunner over new public servant bonus offer now for me and yep. i know it was for pete mm-hmm. this was the story of the week oh i was going to yeah. personally send the newsletter to both of you because <laughs> <laughs> you started by telling us there were two thousand workers uh 2500 on 2500 on the friday there were of the full and part-time you're right 2500 so that yep. didn't want to be vaccinated Somehow that number got dropped down to 800. Yeah, uh, seven, 800, somewhere in there by Monday, by the Monday. We were talking Friday afternoon again, and we had f- official figures, and we knew that to be true. Yeah. By Monday, it's dropped down about 700, I think, 800. And, and now they're going to sack, or they, by, or they have sacked, or are they sacking 400 workers? And the money that they're going to save from this, instead of putting it to uh, budget uh, repair, they're going to hand it out in bonuses. Is that the, is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that make sense to you, Leon? I don't understand yeah. what your problem is here, man. Yeah. The money borrows <laughs> the twelve billion dollars in debt. <laughs> the borrowed money that they're saving. Yeah, saving. They're going to reportion. Honestly, uh, yeah. I, I read the NT News version of this story as well. Yeah. I have never seen more comments on an NT News article. Yeah. yeah. Any positive? I was just. All skating. Yeah, I don't even think the unions were on board with it. And, you know, we had the story here where we got some correspondence where they were saying he's lied. Like, he's come out. So, he's used, like, a COVID brief thing to then drop this one on everybody and said, oh, yeah. And then in this in the letter that we got that he had said, um, you know, I talked to the unions before, early this morning before I sent this. And he sent it directly to every public servant. Yeah. What his new offer was, which kind of put the unions offside. <laughs> like he lied. He did not talk to us before he did this. And he's trying to just go directly to them to try and sweeten the deal. And right. brought 4,000. I mean, the numbers on it is the thing, right? Like it doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. Like, uh, so what know. is the deal here? What is he going to do? Like the I original deal know. was, was a thousand dollars bonus, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, that was right. so. If pay they agree freeze. to the four-year pay freeze, they'll get a thousand dollars a year bonus for those four it years. It doesn't matter what level they are. 
Yeah, no. So I think the part time wouldn't get it. So you're looking at or whether they're competent, incompetent, or something. Like that. <laughs> that that has never been a KPI. <laughs> <That's> in <irrelevant. laughs> Okay. That's public service. So increase. Uh, so so he he said righto. Instead of a thousand dollars annual bonus, you will get four thousand dollars for the on the first year. On the first year, and then two thousand dollars for for the following three years each year. Yeah. So that is uh, cool. ten thousand grand. Yeah. Ten grand instead of four. Four. Yeah. Where does he have the money to do this? Now he 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 claims, and I and this guy's. Let's just keep in mind this guy's the treasurer too, right? Yeah. I think I was saying that in the office the other day, yeah, and, yeah. and and what he forgot about that's that. the frightening part. Yeah, this guy's the treasurer, so he's saying that he's going to save that this is going to save thirty million dollars a year. The sacking of the four hundred or so, three hundred and something now, whatever. Every day it goes down. It's yeah. less and less. <laughs> so he's saying he's going to save thirty million from this, but then he's going to give them ten thousand dollars each. The, the remaining ones if they agree to the four-year pay freeze uh ten thousand over the four years you know that's like about i think it was like 88 million in the first year alone and that's using a small number of about twenty-two let let's say full-time i mean if you go up to twenty-four thousand, which it might be you know getting these numbers is very difficult so we're trying to estimate here but like it just the figures just do not add up on yeah. this whole thing i think it was 120 million for a whole other part here if if this goes ahead but he's, you know, saying that he's going to be saving thirty million a year, which is, yeah, it's it's just, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> to come out and 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 do this without even really explaining to anybody how this is actually going to work. Now, the other thing that's that's working against him here is that he's pledged to rehire the front line people, like to get mm. new people mm. in who are vaccinated, that they're going to have to fill these. Positions. Teachers and police. Yeah, teachers and police and mm. uh, yeah, and health. So um, what the hell does that mean? Like, where, where is the 30 million is going to disappear quick, too? Yeah. And, yeah, this is just, you know, this is just clearly a, a, a ploy that he wants to to bring in to get this settled with the unions and to get the ZBA off his hands yeah. here before. Because I'm, I'm thinking that if you're giving 4000 if you're giving, what, $4,000 a year, I mean, that would be way more than the CPI. It's not the ten thousand over four years nuts. would be more than what they would have wanted in the first place. Yeah, so just give them the CPI. It's I mean, yeah. I, look, I mean, just take uh, if you want a salary of a hundred thousand, yeah, right? right. Which I think, from memory, is probably the top band or, or close to of, of an AO six, right? Right. Yeah. Um, that's a four percent pay rise. Yeah. Yeah. And then down to two, two, and two, like. Is that not? Can they not just, negotiate yeah. around that? But it's a guaranteed pay rise. Like, yeah. Let's just keep that in perspective. There's no private yeah, right. business There's, in yeah. the country, yeah. probably in the world, that says, "Listen, mate, no matter how badly you do your job, sign this doco here, and you're guaranteed for four grand this year." No business does that. You couldn't survive. Yeah. And there's another. There's another yeah. threat. Borrowed to that whole, money. There's yeah. another threat to that whole thing too. If you have a look at the bands, right? Because th these levels they go from AO one. And, and yeah. uh, let me tell you, I've never heard of anybody being hired as an AO one right. anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, as a yeah. you straight out of your school, you go straight to AO two. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> AO one is automatic pay rise. Right. But within those bands, AO two to AO eight, they've got these. In, in between bands, right? So there could be like three bands at AO6, right? right? And then there's increments within those bands. Yeah. All you've got to do pretty much is rock up. Yep. And after a year, 
you go to the next band. Right. Right? So within a year, you could get two pay rises. Yeah, right. You get your band pay rise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, yeah. you get the bonus. Gunner's gift. Mm. Yeah, wow. You know, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. ridiculous. And <laughs> what I don't understand is why the the public sector union thinks that this is great. I mean, to me, the public sector union, yeah, you got to go in there and bat for your um, constituents, but w- at what expense? Mm, correct. You know? Yeah. Do, do you really, public sector union, do you really want the territory to end up, and it's already halfway there, let me tell you, mm. in paying public servants so much more than the private sector that – there's no incentive for people to work in the private sector. Mm. So why do we even have a public service then? Mm. Right? Because that's where we're at. That That is the common sense of this situation. Mm-hmm. And you people in the public sector union, honestly, you need your heads read, quite frankly. Mm. Well, yeah, look, they're, they're going to put it to them. Gunner wants to get this done before Christmas. Um, I think it was the education union was saying, no, we don't want to rush this. CPSU said they'll put it out to their members at some point. Education union been running some pretty full on ads about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's what it is. It's all militancy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, Uh, it's just, and that's, that's the thing that I've got against unions. I really, I mean, you know, I think that there is a place for unions and I think they've done a really good job in this country to improve workers' um, lives in terms of, of, of exploitation and things like yeah. that. Hmm. But this is the dark side yeah. of the public uh, – of, of um, uh, unions, in my view. Yeah. You know, and I, I just I, – it's very, very lamentable. Mm-hmm. But the problem is we've got government and opposition that do not want to take these guys on. Correct. Yeah. And that's a real problem for but us. You, yeah. we, but yeah, you've got is. the treasurer showing up with bags full of cash for them yeah. without any, you know, financial uh, knowledge, really, or, or attempts to rein in the spending. Yeah, well, yeah. of course, there's yeah. no experience. I mean, if he was willing <laughs> to to stare down the public, uh, well, the public service and say, right, oh, if you're not double vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated, you're out of here, he only, he only needed to go that one step further and say, Here's your $1,000 bonus. The private sector is not getting anything like this. In fact, they've gone backwards over the last five years. Mm. If you don't want this bonus, bugger off. Mm. Right? Correct. Yeah, and well, stare them down. Yeah. Because yeah. how long are people going to be willing to, um, to be without a job? Yeah, in this climate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what he should have done. <sighs> Yeah, and, and he would have had a lot of support, I think, also from within the public service. I know we sit here and we bag out the public service, but mm. you know, uh, people shouldn't. Sh- I mean, I can tell you, I have family members who are in the public oh, service, really and I people. know how hard they work. Yeah, I know how hard they work, uh, and I know there's a lot of public servants out there that work very hard. And this is not directed at them. This is directed at the government for allowing the size of the public service to bloat out mm-hmm. um, over the – and not just this government. I'm talking about the CLP as well because neither of you sat there and actually reined this thing in. You just yeah. allowed it to go out. 
As if there were no reforms ever taken, right? I remember right. the story that we did where we were analyzing the, the executive contracts, which were just completely out there. I mean, they're, they're not, he's not even talking about that. Like, yeah. if you need to save the money in the public service stuff, start looking at those executive contracts. Start looking at um, the contracts that they're giving to the independent contractors to come in, the big companies yeah. and stuff. Like, this is where you save money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the gunners even, you know, this whole pay freeze and the thousand dollars, I don't like it's not even saving that much in it's, the end. Yeah. It's not going far enough it's to just, even do that. So you've got to start doing fundamental reforms into how that broken institution operates and yeah. until you're ready to do that we're not going to see anything and, and this is just this is just a show like you've got to call in the executive contractors uh, sorry the executive contract officers the yeah. ecos yeah and yeah. ask and ask them why do you think it's okay to outsource your job mm. Mm. why do you think it's okay for you to be paid as much as you're getting paid and then on top of that having cons- consultants come in and do your job for you yeah Mm. Yeah. I, I found it remarkable in the NT News Round story today about this saying the department heads have been told that they're going to have to budget their own money in their own departments. And it's like, yeah, well, it, was, are they not doing that? Who's been doing it for them? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and they've got to manage these. Well, didn't he say, didn't he say a few years ago that They'd if you go sacked. over your budget, they'd yeah, be sacked? Gone. And nobody's yeah, done yeah. He hasn't sacked anybody, but people have gone over the budget. Yeah. But you know what happened next, Leon, before we got into that end of that financial year last year was COVID. And that became the excuse. That's oh, right. yeah, yeah, we've had to overspend no budget. our budget because we're saving lives and jobs. I just remember this fact, right? I was only telling someone this today, new to the Territory. And they were saying, well, you know, what is the problem with the public service and all that? I said, well, at the end of the day, who knows what the problem is? But what I can tell you is that at the executive level, those on 200000 plus a year, we have three times the amount of Tasmania. Yeah. And Tasmania has double our population. <laughs> so remember that fact. Because uh, if that doesn't highlight it for you, yeah, I don't know what that does. is. So frightening and yet so true. We've Good. seen the numbers, and that's why we're screwed here. Yeah. So apparently, um, I was reading an article in the NT News today, and it was saying that um, these departments are not going to be given yeah, the money to pay these yeah, bonuses. Yeah, like, it's got to come straight out of their budget. So <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't no, make any sense. No in any of that. <laughs> yeah, it's like really? robbery figures to me. <laughs> like Gunner can't do that anyway. But they got to look after their own affairs. And if they're going to be with less staff, well, then that's quite easy to keep the budget the same yeah, exactly. and just give the budget, yeah. give the bonus out. But so I'm, I'm dubious of that story. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll see how this progresses. Now I, I don't think he's going to get anything done before Christmas. So I think we'll be talking about no. this for a while when this was the latest. They'll be stunt. dragging their heels for as long as they can. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what's next. All right. Let's move on to the next story. And the NT Chief Health Officers' directives have been successfully cha- successfully challenged in court, which are both embarrassing and lamentable, <laughs> according to quotes. Yeah, so says the lawyer representing the gentleman. <laughs> who, uh, but look, actually, I've got to say, I've listened in on this case, and uh, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing from the very beginning. <laughs> so you sat in on the case, did you? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, what I had to do was get the audio later because I couldn't make it down there that day. So I had to put in a request, and I, they did let me listen to the audio, so I heard the whole case. And um, yeah, this started really bad. The DPP showed up. She was clearly young and inexperienced and had no idea what directive she was actually trying to charge this man under. Um, it all started to unravel from there, like very early <laughs> on, where 
Uh, wow. Of course, it was uh, John Lawrence was the senior counsel there representing him. Uh, he was working with Eric Withnell, another lawyer in town. And, uh, and he would have eaten anyone yeah, alive who wasn't prepared. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it was. And then, like, there was something like. <laughs> Wouldn't he? He would have loved it. Here was the other part that, that, that didn't make Scottish it. Scottish accent. We're just taking control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, at one point, at one point, Judge Tanya Fung, then very early on, says, uh, Mr. Lawrence, I don't think that this is funny. Can you please stop laughing? And he says, <laughs> No, I actually find this quite hilarious and how ridiculous this whole, our whole territory justice system is when this is allowed to happen. And he was, he was referencing the whole thing about the wrong directives first being thrown out. But then there was something like the cop who first showed up at this guy's house after he had been identified as having been in a hotspot. Um, he couldn't show up that day for the court case because right. he had been suspended. <laughs> duty. The cop, was, the cop had yeah. been suspended. We don't know what for. They didn't say. Unrelated and matters. Then, and then they're scrambling to find like anybody who knew that cop. <laughs> anybody can vouch for him. Yeah. And anyway, we'll, we'll take it back to like, and it just, it really was just a ridiculous little show. And at one point, it just that was so, it. So, what exactly happened with Mr. Yeah. Tizard? Okay, so Tizard comes from. He comes from Melbourne. Okay. And he, he, he flies back in January, February. And what was he doing in Melbourne? Don't know. But okay. this is all we know mm. is he flies in and six days after he gets in, they declared it a hotspot. So then they said it was. So when he flew in, it wasn't a hotspot. It hot wasn't spot. a hotspot. So he goes home to McBin's mm. Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Got a big uh, acreage out there or something. So. He's out there. Six days later, they show up and they're knocking on the door saying, well, you were, you know, you were in Melbourne. Um, we need you to quarantine and get tested. Uh, home quarantine for 14 days and submit to COVID-19 testing. He objects to that direction. Said he had a training program to attend the next day. He'd already been home for a number of days and everything was fine. Uh, and he didn't want to get tested for fear of, quote, government DNA collection. So oh, he was wow. certain that that was what so this was all about. Yeah, well. yeah, it seems that way. So anyway, so the police and public health officers attended the following day. Uh, he was allegedly not at the home. Uh, his wife said. Well, he said where he was going to be. Yeah, it shouldn't court, have been a surprise. The court heard and John Lawrence had made the thing, well, did you search anywhere in the, the outdoor areas of the <laughs> property? You sure he wasn't out in the backyard somewhere? Here he got so, and they, they said, no, no, we actually hadn't searched it. Um, anyway, it turns out that Tizard went. He did under Tizard. He did uh, he did undergo the testing either that day or the next day, um, and he had returned a negative result. However, it was three months later the police returned, and were clearly not impressed with him. Uh, so three months after the compliance to, to charge him for failing to remain quarantined at his home under the chief health officer's health directions. Three months later. Yeah, the charge was dismissed and because of the supported. outbreak that he hadn't caused. Or? <laughs> <laughs> God damn you, man! It, it seems some of these things were a little over the top. Now, here's what it came down to, though, and this is where Judge Daniel Fong Lim rejected everything, uh, rejected the evidence, and threw the case out. So. The, uh, the chose directions have previously indicated that the Melbourne uh, Telemarine Airport was not considered a hotspot, even though the city was. Yes, you remember that? Yeah, and correct, this, you yeah. were down there this time. Airports so are not hotspots. You're going to like this. So the previous <laughs> yes. chose order had not been revoked when the city had been declared a hotspot overall, because at one point they said, no, it doesn't even count. The airport doesn't count. But yeah. they hadn't. They hadn't gone back and revoked that previous direction. That's right. This is so what happened to me. Yeah. So this, this had come up here now. 
Um, what does that mean? So when I was in Victoria trying to get back up here, the Mitchell Shire wasn't listed okay. as a hotspot. And I rang them and they went, oh, no, it is. And they and the minutes later it popped up. Then when they revoked the hotspot status for all of regional Victoria, the Mitchell Shire stayed as a hotspot. And I rang them again and said, what are you doing? And they said, oh, we've got to talk to, like, high up the hierarchy, blah, blah, blah. We'll call you. Was that Victoria or NT? No, NT, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then a few hours later, they rang back. They said, oh, yeah, you're right. We've revoked it again. So they weren't – I I suspect what happened with Mitchell was when this thing first kicked off, you remember Melbourne and the Mitchell Shire were always mentioned in the same breath because they used Mitchell Shire as a buffer zone. I think that they've they've been intrinsically linked in the NT's computer system ever oh, since. Right. And when they click one, it doesn't it clicks the other automatically. Yeah. And I physically got it put on and taken off both times. Yeah. Well, not personally, but I mean, because of my phone calls, it triggered the change. But the airports, apart from Melbourne for a short time, when it was really bad, and Sydney for a short time, airports are never hotspots. It's just not a part of how it works. Yeah. And now, and here's the thing. So the prosecutor, Kumar Ranjith, could not establish that Mr. Tizard was outside of the airport in Melbourne. Okay. So I've got something to add to this story for you. I read that and I thought, I don't know who that is, but I know that surname. Yeah. And I know that surname belongs to a lawyer yeah. whose name is Kajalani Ranjith. Oh, okay. Did we get right? the spelling wrong? That's the, I took it from the court records. So. Did you? Right. Because yeah. so, Kumar is, a, is, a, is that's a man's Yeah, name, that's what I thought. Too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was thinking, who is Kumar Ranjith? I, I don't know who that is, but I know Kajalani Ranjith, right? Yeah, I'll have to change that. So anyway. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Kaj rang me the other day. Yeah. And she said, who's Chris Walsh? Oh, I said, no. <laughs> I've had that call a few times. And it turns out it's her. Oh, I wish she had a no, she's not, I feel bad. She's it. not a prosecutor. Well, yeah. well. She was with the she, She's a, no. Yeah. She's not. Okay, who is she? Now? So she's she a, she's a private lawyer. Yeah. She, she's got her own law firm. So she's prosecuting. Right? So the government has outsourced yeah. prosecutions. Because they don't have anyone. Yeah. Because they don't have anybody. Oh, yeah. That's that's interesting wow. too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And clearly now the Hansards can't spell that well either by the sound of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Kaj, yeah. No, Kaj, that was how it was Kaj is a, she, She's a sole practitioner. Kaj, okay. Wow. Now, huh. now, pseudo government worker. Well, that Does might she get been. the four grand? Yeah. <laughs> That might have been. That might have explained some things. Yeah, I that think might have it explained does. I things. think it explains a lot, <laughs> yeah. Chris. Um, so here's what happens, though. So anyway, it, it just could not. Now this public, she couldn't though establish that Tizard was outside of the airport in Melbourne, and so public health officer Sarah Hulen, who had attended uh, Tizard's home on the second occasion in February, produced a screenshot of his border entry form to the court that had been recorded in the government's COVID-19 compliance database. Wow. So they've got such a thing. Um, But they could not prove it was his document or explain to the court's satisfaction who entered the information into the database. So it wasn't the original. It was like they looked at the piece of paper and filed it into their thing. Because it's handwritten. Into their compliance database, COVID compliance database. And uh, uh, there was no record of who had done that. Wow. And I think that's significant here. I think that they've got some issues now. 
that they'll have to look at and exactly how they're doing this. Now, what she said, this is Public Health Officer Sarah Hulan told the judge, uh, the government's COVID-19 compliance database was accessible by different government agencies. Right. So we're not even talking about just yeah. Department of Health or yeah, anything. Yeah. Anyone can go in here and access this COVID-19 wow. compliance database. <laughs> so um, uh, that's when Judge Fong Lim rejected the evidence and threw the case up. Saying, but, 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 hang on. She, she took a, a, a screenshot of his border entry form. Yeah, from the database. It was from the database. Sorry if that's unclear. Oh, right. You know what I mean? So they entered it into their database, and then she had taken a screenshot of the database. Because when you get into the airport, Leon, and back then it was even a bit more Mm. loose, but you walk up to these desks where the COVID-19 rapid response team are, and you give them details, you show them your – at that stage you had to print it, but now you can do it on your phone. You show them your entry permit – and they ask you a few questions, and that gets put into the system. Oh, right. But back mm. then, I think they were still handwriting it from memory. Yeah. So, you know, you I don't think you handwrote it, but I think you signed something from yeah. memory. And so, yeah, because I, I actually thought at the time, well, where's that going to go? But obviously, somebody was then inputting it into the database yeah. afterwards. And this is it. They don't know who. They weren't yeah. monitoring. They weren't, like, recording the people who were doing this. And yeah, then right. They had so, so why was the case thrown out? I still don't understand. So, the pros- so she had said, the prosecution's case is mm. in a state that I cannot be satisfied beyond a reasonable right. doubt that Mr. Tizard breached the directions of the chief health officer. She said he's not guilty in order to cause for one day of hearings. Now, Hang on, hang on. And that was because they couldn't prove... Where he was, but did anybody ask where he'd been? Yes, in so that was in the whole thing. But they just said on the form it had said that he had been to Darwin oh, and that he had been to Melbourne. And they said, "Well, see, he didn't. He isn't there." But oh. but they didn't enter that properly. But isn't right. that a little ridiculous? They though? I mean, tell. if he's been in Melbourne, surely he would have not. Ju- he, he, he wasn't, wasn't uh, just at the He wasn't Tom Hanks. No, no, correct, right. correct. <laughs> yeah, and, but, and, but what Chris is saying yeah, is that been. because they didn't have that detail in their database, they that, didn't that record he had it. Said that. Oh. That he had said that <laughs> because they didn't know anybody could yeah. have put that and, in. And, and, and there was no way of making a logical inference about that. Yeah. No, so case. it's truly a lack of. No so wonder Cadge was so mad. Okay. Because <laughs> 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 the story makes her look like a doofus. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you listen to the. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay. I, I, I don't so know her. Judge. <laughs> I think that she, I'm sure she's a professional, but this one was, it just seemed like it was that government bureaucracy. She is a she, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I wouldn't say that. I, I would say that she's probably the victim of uh, yeah. this uh, bureaucracy is not doing their jobs yeah. properly, clearly, mm, because this is what happened. So, anyway, yes, look, costs were awarded. Uh, the case was thrown out, not guilty. Mm. John uh, Lawrence has had a big fat smile on his absolutely face. Absolutely, laughed his way in and out of the court. Yeah, the prosecution. I he thought, loves this stuff, Johnny. He yeah. absolutely would have. So he said, "What the prosecution he didn't authorities?" Even have to argue this one. <laughs> it argued itself. Still got paid. Yeah. yeah. No, he was. He was. Yeah. It was. It was quite. It was quite entertaining. It was quite entertaining yeah. little case to hear. But the prosecution authorities, what they did here was embarrassing and lamentable. Lamentable. Uh, Johnny said outside court, "This man never should have been charged in the first place. The chose directions contradicted themselves, and the prosecutor didn't know what direction my client allegedly breached. This was a waste of everyone's time and undermines the public's confidence in the territory's legal system." I think that's happened a long time ago. <laughs> um, here we are. Yet we again, another, we got another case. Wow. So, right. yeah. so talking about um, 
funny cases. Um, you've written a story again about our favourite guy and his thongs. Uh, I think the last time he was trying to come through South Australia, this time he went trying to get into Queensland but was denied entry. Uh, and somehow ended up in the NT one. again. Is he still searching for his thongs, or what's going on with this guy? Uh, yeah, but I think he's, he's he's commandeered a vehicle now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy you're talking about. Oh dear, uh, it's a lot more dangerous. Did he leave his car at the border? Yeah. One time oh yeah, it was. And try to hightail it. He's gone back from the car now. I think um, he spends a lot of time in the outback. This bloke too. <laughs> very, very arid parts of the country. I think that. Uh, uh, if this guy read the Independent, he would know maybe some <laughs> legal defenses to throw out here. Uh, uh, just yeah, I, I can't remember. It was he was denied entry into Queensland from New South Wales, uh, and then he lied on his border form. They alleged to enter the NT. Now let's hope that that was documented properly and that the person <laughs> yeah. who took yes. that information can back that up. This time. And a, and a cop hasn't been suspended for something, has been charged. So, so he was charged with breaching the uh, the Joe's health directions. Uh, but only after he allegedly stole petrol at three service stations. Uh, wow. This 23-year-old guy from Queensland uh, was at the Barclay Highway Border Control Point. He uh, declared that he had been in Mount Isa for the previous 28 days before entering the NT. Uh, but after he went on stealing uh, the the petrol from stations at Barclay, Elliot, and Catherine before reaching Darwin, uh, that's when they started catching on to him <laughs> and thinking, this guy, who is this guy? So uh, they did discover then that the man had allegedly falsified the border entry information. Um, unclear why it wasn't discovered before he started this. Yeah, he got a fair spray. way before it too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Um, I don't know. The, the police said that they spoke with his relatives. He subsequently handed himself in at the Casarina station on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, and then, then he got into a fight with them when they tried to put him in quarantine. He refused to wear a face mask, made wow. another scene. Uh, instead of going to that quarantine facility, and that would just gets weird. He was taken to the Palmerston Watch House, and then they take him from Casarina to Palmerston. Oh, and then, like, what, what's you going on here? You know why that is, right? Why they didn't they're, they're take him to the... They closed after 4.30. Oh, yeah, the Casarina one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, and they couldn't take him into the city. And yeah. I guess if they had him out there at the... Palmerston's the only one open. At the COVID death camp. Yeah. Because he well, didn't want to go in there. That's next door to the vaccination centre out there, too, yeah. so... Um, so, yeah, so bail was refused. He was remanded in custody to Holtz. He ends up out at Holtz. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> later this month. Uh, I think his date's finally coming up. Uh, and uh, will complete his quarantine period in isolation, police said in a statement. So I guess out at Holtz, they must have a wing for yeah. them. Um, they hose it out after 14 <laughs> days. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that, just another one of these bizarre stories of these guys who get in. You're right. And uh, yeah. I don't know. There is, a cl- um, there is a statement here that did catch my eye, and that was, it was unclear why the man's bogus entry form had not been discovered earlier. Yeah, that's what, how did he make it all the way to Darwin and he's stealing fuel? He's and done pretty well, hasn't he? Where was it, Elliot and Barkley and Catherine? Yeah. He would no. have racked up some fair debts too because the fuel's not cheap down there. Now, you filled in these forms, right? Yeah. Uh, does it say, have you been refused entry before? Oh. Uh, 
I can't answer that. I can't remember. The, the main things that sure. I remember from the forms is that it basically asks you if you've come from a declared COVID-19 hotspot, if you feel unwell, if you've been diagnosed with COVID-19, if anyone you know has been diagnosed with it, hmm. all that. Have I been refused entry? Possibly, yeah. It would be one of those questions they'd ask. Because it's a question that you're asked on the, you know, whenever you, you fly overseas. Yeah. Yes, right? It's on the, the form. It says, you know, have you ever been refused entry? I think they should ask that question. Have yeah. you been refused entry into the Northern Territory or any other state? Yeah, yeah. You know? Hmm. That's a very good question. But if, if you're going to lie. consulted if, you, Leon. <laughs> yeah. But if there's no way for them to check, like I think we've got no, real issues with the systems here in place. And we but, well, you know, yeah, yeah, and why don't we have a national database for this stuff? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like... Well, you're going to scare a lot of people with that too. <laughs> um, well, they're already taking part your of the DNA. What more do you conspiracy? want? Conspiracy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, but just, yeah, exactly. But, you know, <laughs> how else do you control this thing? Mm. Well, okay. we're going to find out soon enough. Mm. Protests are in the street, I think, is yeah. how you control this stuff. <laughs> now, Pete, what's your uh, fun story for the week? So my fun story for the week relates to um, – Years and years ago, when I first arrived in the Territory, maybe even before, I must have signed up to a whole lot of Seek Alerts. And so... This is a dating app. uh, (laughs) That's a different type of app. (laughs) This is seeking jobs, not seeking women, Chris. Um, So I still get emails on a daily basis on these different alerts that I set up. And in recent times, it's become glaringly obvious that... The hiring freeze at the NT government is clearly not kicking in. And I thought it might be fun that each week we could do, I just haven't, we can workshop a name and anybody that wants to suggest a name, I'm happy to hear. But I'm thinking about calling it something like Mixed Job of the Week and just different jobs that the Chief Minister's advertising during the pay freeze time. And there's some great jobs going at the moment for communications and marketing people. Oh, great. Uh, the part of the twelve million dollar well, men and women, right? Well, potentially. I'm not sure yeah. if the um, if the department's expanding or what. And did you know this? We we said that about the social media guy. Yeah. Apparently, if you're in social media, you don't have to be vaccinated. Untouchable. Yeah. And how's that for for Gunner and his rant about anyone who provides safe passage or gives a hug or a kiss to an yep. anti vaxxer is an anti vaxxer? He's got somebody working for him right now. He's yeah. employing. He's been giving money to an anti vaxxer. How is he not an anti vaxxer? That's right. He's yeah. automatically one by his own definition. Well, I, I thought you'd both be interested to know that the. Chief Minister's Department is currently looking for an engagement and communication officer. (laughs) Now, this is with the 12 million budget, and you'll see these types of gigs every week. And if you want a lazy $102,000 a year, start applying it. That's pretty junior, though. Yeah, correct. (laughs) So, no experience necessary. So, you won't have to do much. (laughs) And it's 102 plus a $4,000 bonus. Exactly, yeah. Just rock up to Mick's office once a day, and you'll get a Huge job. Um, so oh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's one hundred and two. How, how much was that lady be earning? The, the one that you keep putting the picture of in the newspaper. Um, two hundred, probably more. She's like the director of social media. What's her name again? I can't. I can't recall right now. I can't say um, for legal reasons. I don't want to. <laughs> I want to get it wrong. Leon. How much do you get paid and if you were going to call Mouse you? Now, Chris? <laughs> how much what? 
How much do you get paid if you wear a Mickey Mouse hat? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He's going to make an appearance again in the some hat upcoming or the stars. Of the hat. That man, the guy, yeah, Mickey, our own little Mickey Mouse here. Um, I'm trying to find. I look. I can't think of the name, but it's the director right. of social media. Um, so that's the yeah, name at that, this point anyway. Mixed job of the week. Yeah, that's oh. crazy. One hundred and two thousand. Yeah, no experience good. necessary. Good I like the segment. Yeah, keep I'll, it up. I'm, I'm even going to come out with a little uh, intro stinger if I can be bothered oh, yeah. during the week. I like it. I think yeah, when you run that through Anchor, you can actually put a little. Oh yeah, you, you know? can too. Well, yeah, 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 good point. You may have a crack at that. A little what like theme music? No, it's a little like a doo doo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll see. If I can get a butt bow. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the job this week. Here's what we're paying with money we don't have. This exactly. is what we're paying for. Right. That is unbelievable, though, because really, you don't. We don't need any more of these that's people. We a, that's just a do cheap not need one. Them. Most of them yeah. are more 150k I plus. I can tell you, 102 thousand dollars is a lot of money for the private sector. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of money. Correct. But I will also say, because I get these alerts, what's really interesting is in 2018, 2019, your bog standard sales role was paying about 50 grand a year, mm. plus a car and phone and stuff like that. Now it's like 60 to 65. Mm. So there is clearly you know, a shortage in people. And it's gone up, and that you know that doesn't seem like a huge rate in comparison, but percentage-wise, that's pretty big, mm-hmm. and that's obviously what they're needing to pay to attract people. <sighs> yeah, we just we just do not need that position. <laughs> just want that position. There's dozens of them. Yeah, like that's it, there's, nuts. there's a litany of these positions mm-hmm. constantly. And being it's in the chief minister's office. Yeah, I mean, surely to goodness yeah. he could look at that and go, you know what? Let's just get rid of that position. There's there's a hundred thousand saving. There you yeah. go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then look at all the executive contracts. Just look at ridiculous. all the other things. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you like the segment, boys. And if yeah. anyone's interested, it's open till December fifteenth. So <laughs> get your submissions in now. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. That was Chris Walsh from the NT Independent Online Newspaper. Weekends with Walshie back again next week on the Territory Story Podcast Weekend Edition. We'll catch you then. You've been listening to the Territory Story Podcast with Leon Logan Nathan and Peter Gowers. For more episodes, search Territory Story Podcast on all leading podcasting platforms or go to territorystory.com. The Territory Story Podcast, thanks to Opie Dennis Digital Marketing, your local digital marketing agency.